Welcome, Bird Gang. Wow. Just wow. On today's show, play of the day, play of the week, play of the year. And there is no argument. Heck, the Wall Street Journal wrote about it. NBC's Today Show talked about it. And we will as well. Hale Murray and the Arizona Cardinals are in first place in the NFC West. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 352, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So I must have watched that play, MJ, about two dozen times when I got home last night from State Farm Stadium. And it's every single time you watch that play, no matter what angle, you see something different. And it's amazing here. We're 24 hours after the fact. And apologies to Cliff Kingsbury, who said, hey, a good 12 hours you've got before you have to turn your attention to Seattle. Sorry, coach. Can't do it here on Cards Cover 2. We're talking about that play the entire show, pretty much. Yeah, okay, so let's start with the beginning of the play. DJ Humphreys either slips, and so obviously Kyler realized that, and he goes to his left, which is basically thrown against your body. We watch Aaron Rodgers do that twice in one game. And then at some point he's got to feel like, okay, um, Isabella's open, but clearly DeAndre Hopkins is a better option. A, does Andy catch the ball? And then B, if he does, does the time run out? And then, obviously, the Hopkins play. But to me, it's just fascinating where we know how big his hands are and the fact that he wears those gloves. And it's not like now when the ball is coming down, obviously he's, he was able to possess it. But from the standpoint of a highest peak, he had both hands on the ball. Now, I, I want to say one of the guys tried to knock it out. And that's what you're taught. If the guy catches it, just punch it out because, but we know how strong his hands are. And to me, that was the difference. I'm making that catch where you see it all the time. You're as a defensive back in how Mary's, you know, can be, they got to be from the 50. Sometimes a little more arc on the ball. So it's coming down at a different angle. And, and if the guy catches you, just knock it out. Now, obviously, if he possesses it, touchdown. But so, you know, typical day after, was it a better throw or catch? And I think that's something I want to get into. And, Bird Gang, there is no wrong answer here because whether you liked the throw or you liked the catch, everyone's focusing, though, I think locally, nationally, though, everyone's talking more about the catch because that's the end result. And I don't know if enough attention is being put on what Kyler Murray was able to do. So let's kind of break it down a little bit here as we all know what happened. But I went back, as I mentioned, I watched it in real time when I got home. You've got 11 seconds to go. And this is where it kind of gets interesting because you don't, I didn't think about it until reading some of the post game comments from Bills head coach Sean McDermott, but on television, Ian Eagle and Charles Davis, who are doing the game for CBS, Ian Eagle's a great play-by-play voice. One, i got to mention, he's went to Syracuse. And Charles Davis, who we've had on the show here, and they're talking about, you've got time for two plays. 
the Cardinals have enough time for two plays. And then Davis said, unless Murray scrambles. And all of a sudden, now, if you've got that clock going off in your head, you need to make sure you just get it into the end zone. So, and that's what McDermott was talking about because he was asked, obviously, you know, what do you do on a Hail Mary? And his response was, quote, with 11 seconds to go, there's a chance that it's not the last play of the game if they get out of bounds on the next catch, obviously. That's then affects personnel and substitutions, whether you want to put a tall person out there or whomever, end quote. So as much as the Bills fan base are talking about this Hail Mary play and, hey, how come this and that? Well, from the Bills standpoint, MJ, they thought, much like I think everyone else did in real time, you throw the quick toss to the sideline, get out of bounds to where you have a shorter throw into the end zone, 30 yards, 35 yards, as opposed to what Murray did of a 50-yard throw. Yeah, that. I mean, I'm glad you pointed that out because from a head coach, you, you could see that angle. And if the if you do get an immediate route and you get out of bounds, um, the fact is when you look at it, I mean, if you change personnel, they're going to bring their guys in. And, you know, one thing we'll get into is, is some of the three and outs where Kingsbury thought because of their secondary, that's why they threw the football. And he didn't make any apologies for it. That's what head coaches think on the sidelines. And obviously they've forgotten more football than we'll ever know. Um, but that's an important, important distinction to bring up if you're on the other sidelines. Yeah, because if it's a true Hail Mary, the last play of the game, maybe you're only rushing two or three and dropping everyone back closer yes. to the goal line. That's not what the Bills did because the Cardinals were showing a one-by-three set with Hopkins by himself on the left side. So a normal play design with mm -hmm. trips to the far side of the field. And then the snap is taken. And to your point about DJ Humphreys, Mario Addison is in pursuit, the right defensive end. And I don't know if he clipped Murray. He might have gotten a finger or a hand on his shoe because Murray was able to escape, showing his athleticism. Threw the ball from the 50-yard line. His back foot was at midfield. Ed Oliver, tall Ed Oliver with his hands up in the air, bearing down on him. So the ball leaves Murray's hands with six seconds to go. MJ, that's the final play of the game, no matter what happens, because at that point, as long as it travels and as high as it travels, you're not going to get another opportunity. And the Cardinals, fortunate because, well, with Hopkins, if you're single coverage, you're in trouble. You're double coverage, you're in trouble. And obviously what we saw on Sunday, triple coverage, you're in trouble. He comes down with that football. That's amazing. So Kyle had the ball close to five seconds before he threw it. Trying to scramble and buy Nine some time. time. And, and allowed allow Hopkins to get down the field. And we heard from Humphreys earlier today talking about he slipped on the play and was worried that Murray was going to get a sack, and that would be the last image of that ball game. And then you look at where the ball is. Micah Hyde is behind Hopkins. Tredavious White is in front, and Jordan Poyer comes in late. So those are your three players. Charles Davis on the broadcast brought up Hopkins' gloves. He said it was a 6X. I've heard 3X, 5X. Bottom line is Hopkins has big hands. But he jumps at 6 foot. Poyer is 6 feet, Hyde is 6 feet, and White is 5'11". But he gets his hands on the football, both hands. He had that ball secured at first touch, and it does not move as the ground. It was like a normal 
pitch and catch, if you will, quarterback to wide receiver, ball secure, ball game. It's over. You know, it was amazing listening to the postgame comments from uh, Murray and Hopkins in Kingsbury, too. That's the first time that's ever happened in their careers. You know how many football games these guys have been in? Murray has had some last-second games in high but school. But not a Hail Mary. A, not a Hail Mary, true. But he's had those game-winning throws on yeah. a two-point conversion. Well, but you're right, some, as far as you throw yes. it up. This year he's got some fourth-quarter comebacks. But talking about the last play of the game where it's if you don't catch it, the game's over. Yeah, and that was his fifth career game-winning drive, and here in his only his second year in the NFL. And with respect to that catch, I thought it was interesting to point out, I heard Ron Wolfley mention it on the radio this morning, and Humphreys brought it up, that teams practice throws all the time, but it's hard in a practice setting where sometimes on Fridays guys aren't going full speed. The defense is not trying to hurt their teammates to try to knock the ball down. So there is some luck involved. Yeah. But according to Humphreys, quote, that's the only time I've ever seen it not be luck, end quote. As far as what Murray was able to do, showing his athleticism, and then Hopkins downfield showing his athleticism, out jumping three defenders, high pointing that football and coming down with a clean catch where even if you reviewed it, it would have been, oh, that's no problem because there was no movement with that football. There was never a question on whether he came down with that catch. So you're basically saying because of their skill set, that play, you got to be lucky on it just based on, you know, uh, the play, how it's developing. But if you want to talk about the two guys we're, we're discussing here, it's really about their skill set. Correct. Yeah, I guess there's always a little bit of luck in every single play. But if you execute perfectly, yeah, and that's exactly what Murray did, and he bought himself some time. I don't know how many quarterbacks would have been able to escape the pocket like he did with a defender coming down the line at him and then getting the ball over the hands of Ed Oliver, who at what must have looked like he was seven feet tall, seven five or whatever. And then it was funny because Kingsbury brought up the fact that Murray didn't see the catch live downfield. He turned to look at the big screen behind him. Because of his small stature, he couldn't see over everyone else. I thought that was a funny little antidote because it was a mass of humanity down there. And then I thought what you mentioned on Cardinal Talk, from Dave Pash's perspective, where we are in the broadcast booth, that end zone is not completely opposite, but it's the north end zone, and it's 100 yards away. Yes. And that is hard to see. And I think there was a little bit of a delay. Wondering, did he catch it? Yeah, that was but I'll say this, reaction. when the Bills players came down and they showed no reaction, no emotion, that's when I kind of knew, I think he caught the ball, talking yeah. about Hopkins, and then both the officials' arms went up, and you're like, oh my goodness, he caught that football. Yeah. Now, when you, when you talk about Mario Addison, do you remember him last year? I do. He's the gentleman, and I forgot to mention it last week, but he had three sacks of Kyler Murray last year in that Panthers game. So, yeah, so maybe it's the tables turned, switched, and then, of course, there was that story out of Buffalo last week with respect to Ed Oliver, who was a Texas high school player and on the receiving end of one of those Murray State Championship routes. So, you know, he's going back into that locker room and going back to Buffalo going, he got me again. That's twice now he's gotten me. (laughs) I'm sure that's happened for a lot of guys that yeah. played in the Big 12. 
just, you know, between, you know, Mayfield and, and, and Murray and whoever the quarterback is now, I'm sure it's happened a lot, but yeah. Um, did you get a chance to see the video with uh, uh, Eric Burkhart and uh, Kevin Murray? I did see that. I, wow. and it was good. It was good that the family, Murray's family was in attendance. So that was, that was nice. There's just a lot of reaction video. DJ Humphreys open mouth became a meme, became a gif. And of course, Humphreys had to be asked about that. And he's like, Oh yeah, I'm perfectly acceptable. In fact, that smile didn't come off my face until this morning. So it's amazing just the difference on how that game turned in a matter of 34 seconds. Stephon Diggs with the great catch. Buffalo goes up by four. Cardinals come back 32 seconds later. They take a 32-30 lead and win the ballgame. And for people listening, Eric Burkhart represents Kyler Murray. He represents Cliff Kingsbury. And Kevin Murray is the father. And uh, we know that he it really started with him. And if you want to be honest, he's really the quarterback's coach. I don't believe he interferes. I'm sure they have conversations. Um, but he's the one that taught him how to throw a baseball and a football at the age of six. So um, you can just see the excitement from they knew this was happening. I don't know if they knew he would win rookie of the year when you step right off of the tarmac and, at Sky Harbor and they hand the keys to a car to you. And it's a Ferrari. And they, don't screw it up. By the way, this play has been labeled Hail Mary. And I like it. And it's going to stick because it's everywhere now. I like what Dave Patch said on Twitter. He called it Holy Hop. And then I and Eagle on the TV broadcast, it's Murray Magic. I do like Hale Murray, but kind of partial a little bit to Holy Hop if you believe that the result mattered as opposed to the throw of Kyler Murray. You know, Lawrence Times, a uh, kicker for the New York Giants, uh, he would know because he played there against the uh, New England Patriots, and I want to say that was the David Tyree catch. How many moments, just NFL, we know about college football, Boise State, the Statue of Liberty, but just NFL games there. And, and it's not just Cardinals game. We're talking Super Bowls. And then you throw in playoff games. It's fascinating how many great events over the 15-year span. And there's been great Cardinal games on any typical Sunday um, when they were winning 50 games in five years, you know, when they made a run in 2008. Um it's just, it's interesting. That stadium has got a lot of magic in it. Well, that's the end zone that yeah. Aaron Rodgers threw the Hail Mary against the Cardinals in that playoff game that we've talked about here before on Cards Cover 2. So that end zone certainly has seen a lot of magical moments. And I want to say Plexico Burst touchdown came in that end zone because David Tyree um, first of all, he uh, looked like Eli Manning was in the grass, but Mike Carey did not make the call, let him play. Um, I want to say that was an edit. I, I want to say, you know, other games, you know, Sean Murray blocked punt against the Cowboys. That was at the other end, which is fascinating. Um, and it's, it's the 15th year, and, you know, you'd say they're just scratching the surface, but it's just because, you know, they're hosting Fiesta Bowl and Cardinals, obviously, you know, are one of the more, if not exciting teams in football. Um it's going to be interesting, Craig, when it comes to flexing these schedule, um, because you got division games coming up and they haven't played the Rams yet. And you, you just don't think the Giants and the Eagles are, you know, I'm sure they're better games that week, but it wouldn't surprise me if they get flexed out. Um, it could be week 17. I, you know, usually it's division games is, is Buffalo's playing Miami and the Cardinals have, I don't want, 
you know, possibly a clinch or position to clinch. Um, maybe that's the game we know week 17 right now. There's no schedule for that Sunday night game. And sometimes you don't want to play in that because you got to get ready for the next week, but you would take it if it needs, needs to get into the postseason. Yeah. That Sunday night for the Cardinals in week 17 on the road at the Rams right now, that's a 225 kickoff from SoFi stadium. One last note on this throw and catch. You've seen every single Cardinals game played in the state of Arizona. There have certainly been some great plays, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams. But for you, and I know it's, you know, maybe recency bias as far as what stands out to you, State Farm Stadium, Sun Devil Stadium, and I think you understand where I'm getting at, but just your where do you put this play with respect to what you've seen out of the Arizona Cardinals? All right, so Sun Devil Stadium, um, they were playing the Chargers, and they they had a win uh, to get into postseason. That's the year they knocked off the Dallas Cowboys, and they had four interceptions in Chris Jackie's field goal. Um, they tore the goalpost down. Um, they rushed. I mean, we all rushed the field. I mean, just because you wanted to get the reaction from players. I remember, you know, Corey Chavis was right there. Um, so that that sticks out. And then I got to go back to the Packers playoff game, the throw to Larry Fitzgerald. It wasn't like Hail Mary. L- Larry literally, Carson had to throw across the field. Larry's getting chased. And the fact is that, you know, they call the Oki shuffle. That play really resonates with me. But this play that happened on Sunday, definitely in the conversation. Well, here's this historical note from Mike Hell, manager of media relations for the Arizona Stat Cardinals. Wiz. Stat Wiz. Sunday's game. First time the Cardinals won a game on a touchdown pass on the final scrimmage play of regulation since Josh McCown's 28-yard touchdown pass to Nate Poole as time expired December 29th, 2003, Minnesota Vikings knocked the Vikings out of the postseason, knocked the Cardinals from the number one overall draft pick. They dropped to number three, select Larry Fitzgerald with that pick, and the rest, as they say, MJ, is history. Yeah, that was a terrible season. Uh, great play, and, uh, you know, I can appreciate Josh McCown and Nate Poole and you know, uh, Nate went up there and got a key to the city, and he sent uh, Josh some cheese, and he got constipated, he said. <laughs> um, yeah, listen, I don't know if Eli Manning would have pulled the same thing. I mean, obviously, his father's got pulled. Uh, Denny Green was still taking Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, maybe they trade down, but he was still taking – he told us he's taking the best player in the draft, and – I think it's safe to say that Denny Green was right, even though I was pounding the table for Ben Roethlisberger. Well, okay, going from number one to number three, perhaps Josh McCown costs Fitz some money because <laughs> there's some difference there between the number one overall uh, pick listen. and the number three overall pick. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Larry's ever going to have to worry about that. Okay, that so what's your answer? Uh, you know what? I And you, like you I, said, you press uh, – Preference that there's no right or wrong answer. Was Kyler Murray, what he had to do to put DeAndre Hopkins in that situation? Hopkins is one of the best receivers in football. I don't think we should be surprised, but the fact that three guys were draped on him, 
But Kyler Murray has to make that throw. He has to roll out to his left side, and he's he's getting to the sidelines, and he's got to make the throw down the field. Not a lot of guys can make that throw, as you pointed out. So I'm going to go with the throw. I'm going to agree with you because the other aspect of this, as far as the rolling out, he's right-handed. People he are rolls, chasing him. And he rolls left. So you're throwing across your body to a certain extent on a full sprint. You stop, sort of set yourself. You're still not in perfect position to throw that football. And you do throw it somewhat off your back foot, falling backwards with Ed Oliver in your face. And yes, as much as the catch was outstanding, the best of Hopkins' career, in his words, not mine, I'm going to lean towards Kyler Murray, not just the throw, but getting in position to make that throw. Yeah, we're splitting hairs here because you can make a great throw, and if Hopkins doesn't catch it, we're having a totally different conversation. And so, now, now you're looking at Seattle and you're five and five and everything you built up. So, and you know how I feel about losing streaks. Um, and, and we got so much to get into, um, you know, just defensively. Uh, once again, you know, the Bills, what did they score? Seven points in the second half. I mean, just a t- one touchdown, two touchdowns, two touchdowns. Okay. At the end. But the fact is that, you know, they were obviously decimated on the D line and they came up with some sub packages and. Simmons, who's getting better week in and week out. He's actually making plays on special teams, which is if you're going to dress on game day, you got to make some plays. Um, so, and, and really, I was concerned about Andre Roberts, um, you know, but I thought the Cardinals settled down when it came to their kickoff return. It doesn't, you know, you know, Christian Kirk, I think the fact that he's getting so much run at wide receiver, that's probably not a priority. The main thing is when you catch the ball, go straight regardless if it's a punt or a catch. And I think he'll learn from that when he watches that on film. Bird Gang, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. A Victory Monday edition of Cardinals Cover 2. Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Before we discuss for a little bit as far as what we would have been discussing for the bulk of today's show, but we're not for those final 11 seconds. We do want to update the Bird Gang about some of these injuries from head coach Cliff Kingsbury, though nothing definitive as we broadcast at the moment. Perhaps maybe things change by the time fans listen to this podcast, but the most significant is defensive lineman Corey Peters suffered a right knee injury, had to be carted off the field. Kingsbury, as he did last night, didn't sound very optimistic earlier today. Quote, it hasn't sounded good from what I gathered this morning. End quotes. And you hate to speculate, MJ, but this much I do know. Corey Peters will not be on the field this week. Now we just have to figure out, is he going to be on the field this season? Yeah, I think if you listen to this show since you you and I have been doing it, um, there's one guy that good, bad, or indifferent, when you go to his locker, and there's, there's other guys for different reasons, but he always would st- stand there, and even during the Wilkes time, he knew things weren't going well, but he would never throw anybody under the bus. They're going to miss him, and they're going to miss him in the locker room. They're going to miss his leadership. Now, just like Chandler Jones, depending on, on 
you know, the injury and the extent he's going to be out. He'll be around the team, but they're going to miss him. And uh, I, th- I thought he was playing really well this year. You know, they put better talent around him. And I guess at, at this point in time, Craig, we just got to have our fingers crossed that Jordan Phillips could return. Now, now it had to be difficult for him to miss that game against his former teammate team. Um, obviously, you know, he played well there enough to where Sean McDermott said last week, we wish we could, could have kept him in the Cardinals game, a long-term deal. You know, he's been dealing with that hamstring injury. Um, and I know he hasn't, you know, played like he did maybe in the first six weeks of the season. I think he's dealing with that injury. And sometimes you've got to shut these guys down two games in five days, but they can definitely need, definitely need him. I think when the Cardinals make some roster moves, and it could be tomorrow or, or whenever, I think that's what we'll know the extent there because they're going to have to make some moves on the practice squad if they want to, you know, get another lineman up there, depending on uh, the availability of Jordan Phillips. Yeah, right now you're three healthy defensive linemen, Josh Morrow, Angelo Blackson, and Trevon Coley, knock on wood. Phillips is able to go this week. You do have Rashard Lawrence designated to return. He's on the practice field. Is he able to be activated for this Thursday? And then Michael Dogby on the practice squad. And that's it because you cannot go outside of the building in this short amount of time, given COVID-19 protocols, to have someone ready for Thursday night. So Morrow, Blackson, Coley, we know for sure. And then we leave it up and figure out who's going to be that fourth or fifth guy come Thursday. Well, you know, normally when you start the game, you're playing your 3-4, but we know the Cardinals put two guys on the outside, so really it's a five-man front, which are inside linebackers. Um, I don't know if you can do that that early in the game, but as the game's progressed over the last month or so, when you start to get to, you know, adjustments, whether it's, you know, on the sidelines or after halftime, the Cardinals have shown two defensive linemen, and then they would – you know, have obviously six defensive backs uh, mixing and matching based on matchups. So I don't know if you can do that the entire game because you're asking guys like Coley and Blackson uh, to come in there and play more snaps than they have. I think the reason why those guys are able to play uh, at high level, A, opportunity, and B, uh, they're not taking the beating every single down. So, um, but Vance is going to have to come up with something. I think he will. That's what he uh, likes to do. Um, but I just like the fact that the secondary, you know, Kirkpatrick got a pick. Um, he was better in the tackling. Um, they did target him. And sometimes he was on digs. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, you got to figure out the defense. Uh, Buda Baker, you know, he made plays. Um, you look at his numbers, I mean, his, his um, grades were really good. So, and then you, you throw in Jalen Thompson. The other defensive injury, Devondre Campbell with a calf injury, suffered with about three minutes to go in the third quarter. Isaiah Simmons, though, stepped in and played meaningful snaps. 32, by the way, graded out well, according to Pro Football Focus, above average in rush defense, pass rush, and coverage. And then one play that I know Kyle Odegaard on easycardinals.com singled out with respect to Simmons. He almost had a sack of Josh Allen got back up, and then tackled Devin Singletary for a five-yard loss to force a punt, showing off his athleticism. So if Campbell is unable to go, you have seen the progress, not only on the field, but I think off the field as well, of an Isaiah Simmons to where maybe all of a sudden you plug and play him next to a Jordan Hicks. 
Yeah, and we got to mention Josh Morrill, Morrill, because the guy plays with his hair on fire. You know, he's excited to be back here. Um, he obviously has bounced around. Um, again, a guy that can come in here and bring some energy. And then with Kennard returning, you, you really have a nice little rotation at outside linebacker, and they all three can rush, and that's, you know, Kennard's more of a, you know, set-the-edge guy, uh, good in the, the rush defense. But we know guys like Reddick and Golden can rush the quarterback, and I and I believe Isaiah Simmons can rush the quarterback. I know they haven't asked him to do that. I mean, you, you mentioned a play he got close. Um when you look at Josh Allen, and we got a chance to see Tua live in person, I look at Josh Allen, he reminds me of a young Ben Roethlisberger. You can't bring down that guy. He's like Big Ben out there. Yeah, guys were bouncing off of him left and right, it seemed, for a lot of that game yesterday. Two injuries on the offensive side. Kenyon Drake with 640 to play, got hurt on a five-year run, lost his shoe, and then just didn't return, and that became Chase Edmonds and Kyler Murray as far as running the football. And then Darrell Daniels, early in the first half, suffered an ankle injury and had to be carted off the field. So that's kind of what we're paying attention to this week, especially on a short week. I did like the fact that when Drake was out there after missing one game, that one-two punch that you've talked about a lot this season, MJ, Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, there was a lot more balance running that football yesterday. And, you know, there was some speculation and maybe just some innuendos that you know, since Kenyon Drake was going to play it, they never told us he's going to be on a uh, pitch count. But um, they felt that's their best option, the one-two punch. But Kenyon Drake made some mental errors early in that game. Uh, obviously the fumble and, you know, just the fact that, you know, I think he knows he's got to be out there because they're a different team when they have that one-two punch and then whatever Kyler Murray gives you. Uh, it just, you know, you know, I guess, you know, cherry on the Sunday, so to speak. But yeah, they're, they're, they're a more efficient team when Drake and Chase and Murray are running like that. Yeah. He had a false start the wrong way on a play that resulted in a seven yard loss for Murray in the early in the contest. And that's Absolutely. at that point you're like, okay, now you're, now you're seeing the effects of when you're not on the practice field getting yeah. those reps. Yeah. And, you know, Bruce Arians, uh, Ronald Jones had a fumble in their game early, but he also had a 98-yard run. And I want to say A.Q. Shipley had a great block. But when Arians was here and David Johnson put the ball in the carpet, hey, come over here. You're going to stand next to me for about three or four possessions. And I want you to and, – and there was a point where – wasn't David Johnson walking around the facility with a football in his hand? Yeah, there was, yes. <laughs> I know it happens, but – Again, he's been in the league long enough. You, you got first of all, what you said is 100% right, and I didn't think about it. When you're not on the practice field and getting those mental reps, that's the difference of when the play's called. And Kyler just had to sit in on that play, but three mental errors, not good. Now, if the results had been different on Sunday afternoon, and we were speaking to the Bird Gang here on a 30 to 26 lost the Buffalo Bills, it'd be one of those games where we say, all right, you let another one slip away. Although I would argue that as much as the Dolphins' loss hurts, as much as the Lions' loss hurts, those games you lost, I think I would have come in here on Monday and said, you just got beat. They made one more play than you did, talking about the Buffalo Bills. But we'd be pointing to the final two possessions, offensive possessions, in which the Cardinals went three and out. 
They head back-to-back three outs with a 26-23 lead, and that's where a lot, I think, of our conversation would be here on this Monday, and the Cardinals' inability to gain a third and one because Murray was out of the shotgun, and then on the second possession, two straight incompletions, followed by Kyler Murray going back to pass, getting sacked, and that drive only taking 56 seconds off the clock, allowing the Bills to come up with their game-winning drive. Yeah, so just for our listeners, we're talking about fourth quarter. Cardinals get the ball at the 640 mark, the first and 10 at their own two-yard line. You mentioned Drake up the middle for five yards, second and five from the seven, Edmonds um, for four yards, and then third and one. Uh, I think you and I – came in an agreement last night with Kyle Vandenbosch. When you're in third and one, prefer the quarterback to be under center. Now, that was not four-down territory for the Cardinals. And so you look at that possession, and then um, they have to punt. And then when now we're talking Cardinals getting the ball back uh, after the uh, Drake or Patrick interception, or first and ten from the Bills. First and ten, shotgun, pass incomplete to Hopkins. Second and ten, pass incomplete to Hopkins. And then third and 10, he's sacked minus six yards. So one thing that Cliff pointed out, because of their secondary, he he thought there's there were some options in there. And one thing we learned about Kingsbury, whether you like it or not, he's going to be aggressive. We talk about this team's identity. I think it's safe to say, and Cliff's pointed to it, it's um, speed or up-tempo, physicality, and aggressiveness. That's who the Cardinals' identity, whether you want to look at it one side Yeah, he said that was the plan to be aggressive when he met the media postgame and then doubled down earlier today saying, no, we like the matchup. We wanted to be aggressive and take advantage of that Bills depleted secondary. It's unfortunate the plays weren't executed or just the results were different. The other point I would mention with respect to the offense is nothing against Zane Gonzalez, but four field goals probably Three too many because twice in the first half you had first and goal, could not convert and had to settle for a 23-yard field goal and a 21-yard field goal. The offense, as well as it is moving the ball up and down the field, as well as it is scoring, there are still times in which you're left scratching your head because especially on that first drive, 13 plays, 75 yards, you're moving the ball, and then all of a sudden it's first and goal at the seven and you stall out. That is what we would be talking about more here on Monday if the results Sunday with 11 seconds to go were quite different. Yeah, I can't tell you. Uh, Twitter was blowing up right there saying you're not going to beat this team kicking field goals. And it's true because they've been playing just as well as the Cardinals offense. Uh, You know, week to week, their numbers are – when you start looking at the ranking, yards per game, points per game, you know – passing yards they were pretty even and you and I uh, at least I said it and I think you agreed that that was the best team they've played uh, up until this point yes and you needed to be able to match them score for score and the Cardinals weren't that's why they were down by as many as 14 points in that third quarter but again we're talking about it here on a victory Monday just pointing out the fact that yes this team perhaps showed MJ that they can overcome these mistakes you couldn't have said that a year ago you might not even been able to say that earlier this season and that's what separates a good team from a great team i'm not calling the cardinals a great team yet but they are certainly have that door 
open just a little bit to where you can see some light inside because if you're not able to overcome those mistakes, then you're sitting here with a five and four record going to Seattle, staring five and five in the face come Friday morning. Well, you know, there's a lot of cliches in sports and, you know, you got to play four quarters, you got to play 60 minutes. And we know every football game comes down to four to six plays. And the way the NFL is going this year, the last five minutes, um, teams are coming back from a 14 point deficit, i.e. the Cardinals. Um, and so you look at that um, from that standpoint. But um, I, I, I just think I would have been disappointed if they lost that game, Craig. Just, oh, I would have. I would have been too. Yes. Even though you know you played a really good opponent, you know they were riding high just based on them having some success against the NFC West. But I would have been disappointed because you know I feel about losing streaks, and and this team has momentum right now. And you know, like I said earlier, uh, I like the fact that every time they line up now, I, I believe um, they got a chance to win. So when we start talking about these cliches, you know, the four quarters, 60 minutes, and game of inches, what are we even talking about? Finish. In the in the defense, you know, let's give them credit in the second half. Um, great throw on Diggs. But the Cardinals were able to finish. And sometimes it's going to pass the baton to the defense if they have the opportunity to make a stop. And then sometimes it's going to be the offense. But they're learning how to finish. They're learning how to win. And I think good teams find ways to win. Not saying the Bills are a bad team is one game, but you look at some of these teams with lesser records, uh, you know, good teams find ways to win, bad teams find ways to lose. And we can probably make that case more last year in the first half and then definitely when Steve Wilkes was here. And you got to give the defense a lot of credit for allowing the offense to be put in that position late in that contest. You mentioned the second half. The Bills had the ball eight times. They had the ball four times in the first half, scored on all four drives. They had eight possessions in the second half, four punts, two turnovers, and two touchdowns, the second of which the 21-yard pass to Stephon Diggs in the end zone. Yes, Patrick Peterson was in coverage. Yes, it's the number one wide receiver against your number one corner, and Diggs was able to win that matchup. But the ball was thrown where only one person was going to catch it, and that was Diggs. And if he doesn't catch it, it's an incomplete pass. And from our vantage point in the press box, it certainly looked like Peterson was far behind in the coverage. Yeah. If you watch it on television and look at the replays, he was right there. Yes, he beat himself up after that, thinking he had cost his team the win. But that's just a case of our guy was better than your guy for that single play. But we would be talking about it here on this Monday in a much different conversation under different circumstances. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Good coverage. And I always say those guys get paid, too. And, you know, they have a great connection. I still think the uh, the new dynamic duo is Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Though. Oh, absolutely. But you can certainly see the growth of that Bills team. And on their end, MJ, that's how that team went into their bye week, losing – with two seconds to go on the clock. And that can be crushing for any team to now have to sit with that for an extra two weeks. But I thoroughly enjoyed the matchup, and I'll say it like I did last week. It's a shame we've got to wait four years to see Josh Allen and Kyler Murray match up because two of the better young quarterbacks, much like Tua a week ago, certainly would like to see these matchups more often. Everyone benefits, fans 
players, coaches, teams, and of course the National Football League when you have talented players matched up week to week. You know, it's interesting playing against the AFC, you know, the East this year and, you know, watching Cooper Cup. How about Cole Beasley? I mean, Murphy had his work cut out there. Especially in that slot, and that can be a tough cover for for anyone. And that's where I think Diggs being on the field has certainly opened up things for Beasley. There's no doubt. And, and, and I tell you, usually when it comes to that slot receiver, they're savvy veterans. Julian Edelman, Cooper Cup, Cole Beasley. You know, eventually Christian Kirk's going to be in that role. West 11, Long. 11 catches for 109 yards for Cole Beasley, including a touchdown as well, who had a, made a nice little move on Patrick Peterson off the line of scrimmage. Not sure if that was man or they were playing zone coverage in that. But certainly, again, when you have these mistakes, much easier, MJ, to do it after a win, especially on a short week. Bird Gang, subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. You know, it's funny, MJ, there were 138 offensive plays run between the Cardinals and Bills on Sunday. 138. Yet we are talking about one play here on this Victory Monday, and sometimes a game comes down to one play. Yeah, a game of inches. That's really what it was. I mean, Kyler Murray's getting rushed out, thrown across his body, going to the left side. You know, he's got got to make sure you know he doesn't get too close to the sidelines. And then what Hop did is the game of inches. I mean, it, it was an inch, less than an inch, when hit his highest point to you know. To, to get that football. But what what a savvy play, though, to get both hands on there. Like, go to your highest peak and then extend. And, you know, as you mentioned, three guys were over there, and he was still able to come down with it. Fascinating. I mean, I just look at those trades for both teams. Um, you know, we're going to look at, you know, the Bills gave up a first-round pick. And, you know, Different circumstances, obviously, you know, when, when Hopkins, they knew he had three years left on his contract and um, they were going to reward him with the new contract, what they have. What, what's impressing me is the way Buda Baker and Hopkins has played in DJ Humphreys. And you know what they all got? Extensions. Yep. And they're all playing better after the extension. They were rewarded for their work and now they're showing why they deserved what they got. And yes, it's, uh, it's quite amazing what DeAndre Hopkins is able to do. You know what? It's also amazing before we exit here, Bird Gang. Got to give a shout out to Larry Fitzgerald. Not exactly sure how many people have had a better 24 hours than this man. His day job, he gets a huge win over the Buffalo Bills. And then for those that don't know, he kind of moonlights on the side. He's an investor in the Phoenix Suns. And earlier on this Monday, the uh, Suns, according to reports, acquired future Hall of Fame point guard Chris Paul. So Larry Fitzgerald's living a good life here on November 15th and November 16th. Yeah, I told him, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, good things happen to good people. And he said it's a good day to be in the Valley of the Sun. Absolutely. Echo that completely 100 percent. So still going to enjoy this for a little while longer, MJ. I don't know about you, but uh Maybe I'll go back and watch that play one more time <laughs> or several more times. 
Craig, it's going to be the. Do you think it's going to be the player of the year? Oh, I don't think there's a question about it. What about the game of the year? Still got, we still got a lot of football to be played. There's once we get through the bye week, about 16 games every week. I mean, the Cardinals in the first half, they wanted to say the Seattle uh, Cardinals game was one of the better games in the first yep. half. I think it's going to be up for the play of the year, and then I think it could be the game of the year. Now, again, when you start playing for more chips and your teams are playing for something, it means a little bit more. But the Cardinals were playing for something, and that is first place. Yep, and a big one coming up on Thursday as far as first place in the NFC West. And we'll begin to touch on Thursday night football tomorrow here on Cardinals Cover 2. And on that note, we'll put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.